welcome and thank you for joining us for today's webinar, The DNA of Innovation, What Does It Take to Succeed? My name is Charlotte Brody. I'm the Global Head of Marketing for the Built Environment at BSI, and I'm delighted to welcome and introduce our two experts, Raoul Shah, Sector Development Director for EMEA Built Environment, and Abdul Karim, Client Manager for IMETA, and our Global Scheme Manager for the BSI Kitemark for Innovation Management. Raoul has worked for and with asset owners for a number of years, looking after main contractors, architects, engineers, and manufacturers. And with over 23 years of experience, he's held leadership roles responsible for driving digital transformation, innovation, and leading on BIM strategy and implementation programs globally. During his career, Raoul has gained experience of implementing various digital initiatives on a diverse range of projects, including large-scale, multi-billion pound urban regeneration schemes through to hospitals, airports, residential, commercial uh, stadiums, metros, and many more. And he's gained thorough understanding of the risks and opportunities faced by today's global construction businesses who are going through digitalization. And Abdul Karim began his career working in research and development before becoming a business development manager, where over a period of 17 years, he developed an in-depth understanding of client requirements. He then turned his expertise uh, to management systems, and as a lead auditor, he has audited organizations from many sectors, uh, including government, finance, and the built environment. And he serves BSI in the Middle East and in Africa. So moving on to uh, today's agenda, um, I'll start by introducing BSI, who we are and what we do, and then I will hand over to Raoul, um, who will set today's webinar in context as he explores what innovation looks like today. Then we'll explore what comes first, uh, whether it's technology or innovation. And then I'll hand over to Karim, who will share with us what are the enablers of innovation and implementation how does standardization enable innovation? And then also he will introduce uh, our innovation management solutions. Then we'll round off with further support to help you and close with our Q&A session. So moving on, I'm going to share a little bit with you about BSI. Um, we are a global business improvement partner that includes the UK's national standards body, empowering organisations across a range of sectors uh, to help organisations be ready for the world of today and, of course, for tomorrow. Moving on to what we do, uh, whether it's a standard certifying a product training programme or our software products, a remote audit, all of our products and services in one way or another uh, make our clients more resilient and more prepared for whatever the future holds. And collectively, in the built environment, we support over 21,000 different organisations around the world in 128 countries, and we are dedicated to helping all who work across the asset life cycle to become more sustainable and resilient. So now it's time for me to invite Raoul to set the scene for us and to explore what innovation looks like today. Over to you, Raoul. Thank you, Charlotte. Hello, everyone. Um, and thanks for joining the conversation today as we, um, you know, unpick uh, some of the, the themes around innovation and how businesses can go around successfully managing innovation. Uh, I would like to actually begin uh, the session by emphasizing the fact that how innovation has been a constant, uh, you know, enabler, a key factor in terms of um, development of the society in terms of our well-beings and, and, and the world that we live and experience today. And of course, the economical uh, viability and growth as well. So I would be, I would be taking you through uh, some of those thinking around that and, and uh, would definitely welcome uh, you challenging me towards the end, you know, as part of the Q&A session, you know, and it would be great to hear uh, your thoughts around uh, that innovation as well. Uh, moving on uh, to the next slide, please. I thought I'd start with the, the definition of uh, innovation because there are many, you know, if you if you Google, you know, there are many definitions of innovations. But 
to my mind and you know according to iso and the best practice as well an innovation can be a product it can be a service or a simple step change in a process or a model or a method so it doesn't have to be always you know a shiny piece of a technology or a kit because uh, sometimes when people think of innovation they associate innovation with a latest gadget you know the technology but that's not the case always you know so it can be any of these you know a product a service a process could be a new product or it could be a slight change in in, in a product or a pro process that enables you to you know uh, realize additional value or re redistribute you know the value uh, throughout uh, you know the 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 supply chain um so so with that in mind i just wanted you to keep that in mind as we you know go through the conversations you know throughout the webinar and and start to unpick you know some of the ingredients to how successfully manage uh, the innovation so moving on to the next please so as we begin this uh, this this webinar you know and 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 how innovation has been a constant throughout really and if we go back in time and we look at, uh, you know, mechanization and, and, you know, the invention and introduction of steam engine and water and steam power, you know, that enabled not only economical growth at the time, but also that enabled us to develop, you know, new ways of manufacturing, you know, manufacturing methods. And then we continued that innovative journey and innovation journey. And, you know, we, we saw the, you know, the introduction of electrification, you know, mass production assembly lines, and 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 it is around that time you also saw you know the globalization as well you know as we started to you know enter into that mass production mode uh, you know there was no you know geographical barriers in terms of where you can produce you know products and assemble and so forth and then continuing that innovation journey you know we experienced and some of uh, you on, on on the webinar would have been you know part of that that journey of you know the introduction and advent of computers and internet and you know the automation around that um, introduction of robotics uh, and 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 so forth in fact you know today uh, we are sitting wherever you are sitting in the world you know we are we are sitting either in your homes or you know in your offices work environment and we are all connected you know tuned into this uh, you know this innovation conversations you know all thanks to you know the innovation in computers and innovation and 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 internet uh, of things. So, uh, if we fast track that journey, and in today's, you know, world, you know, we are seeing a lot of convergence of, you know, the technology and the, you know the digital and physical systems. You know, the integration of digital and physical systems. I call it digital twins. You know, in particularly in the built environment sector, we've started to to explore that what it could look like, what it could mean to the asset owners. You know, to to the wider supply chain, for example artificial intelligence blockchain machine learning so there are many you know uh, technological advancements you know um, that's accelerating you know our uh, growth and, and 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 societal development you know in, in that space uh, moving on to the next slide please so what's really driving the innovation conversation in the built environment today and if we look around one obvious you know theme that comes to almost everybody's mind nowadays is the climate change and sustainability if we click next please is the sustainability right and and climate change and how can we as a sector as the built environment in particularly you know it's uh, notoriously known for you know contributing massively to you know the waste and you know to to the climate challenge and how can we how can we come up with innovative materials methods um in ways of doing business to actually reduce our our you know our carbon footprint for example and work towards the net zero goals that you know that many economies and many businesses around the world have set themselves for so sustainability is number one you know theme so to speak where you know a lot of efforts are uh you know being put into in terms of research and development and innovations um the next immediate priority for the sector and globally, as we see, you know, is safety, health, and well-being, and we have seen in the recent challenging time, pandemic time, in the last 12 months or so, you know, how uh, governments around the world adopted 
some form of like AI technologies deployed on some of the airports or you know some of the some of the construction sites, for example, you know by by, by contractors in terms of identifying, for example, you know safety risks, and and, and there are many more you know innovations and in, and in research uh, you know happening uh, continuously in that space too. Um, the next priority uh, for us as a sector and, and, and globally is, is urbanizations and that rapid you know, growth in urbanizations and that increasing demand in terms of urban infrastructures, affordable housing, you know, and, 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 and the rails and roads and, and so forth. And how can we meet that you know, increasing demand of rapid urbanizations? You know, can we have you know some form of innovative technologies, modern methods of constructions, you know, to support us in that that journey. It's also about being you know making our built environment more resilient as well as businesses resilient. And and how can we you know either change you know some of the processes, maybe the business models, you know, from a product economy to experience economy and so forth. So there are a lot of um, you know, research and innovations are happening not only in the process and product space, but also business models, you know, the government policies in that space and how, you know, to support businesses in becoming more and more resilient. Um, then the next next sort of key theme in, 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 in that is, is social value and how businesses in particular and the large infrastructure clients can continue to to add, you know, more uh, social value and and connect with the local communities and 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 you know coming up with innovative ways to do so. And last but not the least, you know the customer experience. And and if you think about the customer experience story, I mean there are many many stories to 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 think about. And 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 you look at you know for example you know the Kodak versus Instagram story or or uh, you know a hmv versus spotify story for example or or, or uh, you know blockbuster versus netflix story it's about customer experience right and how can we continuously improve you know the customer experience that we provide if we click next please you know i would like to just highlight some of the key technologies um, you know that that that's part of today's conversation and also shaping the future of of, of of the construction you know the built environment sector uh, i'm sure there are many more uh, you know technological innovations occurring as well you know uh, it's not just this but you know i'd like to you know call out some of these technologies for example you know the artificial intelligence you know we already discussed uh, that how in you know pandemic time um, you know some of the economies around the world as well as businesses you know adopted uh, AI-based technologies, sensor-based technologies to identify not only you know the the COVID-related risk, but also social distancing, for example, and and many other things. For instance, machine learning, you know, and and building those algorithms, you know, collecting, you know, now we have seen in recent years, you know, uh, the exponential growth in capturing data through lots of sources, through sensors, through you know the building information modeling you know platforms and and many other channels so you know the businesses have started collecting um, enormous you know pool of data and then um, you know building those machine algorithms so that <clears throat> you know through machine learning you know we can we can add that extra layer of uh, you know intelligence into the system as well to help us <coughs> excuse me in that space, uh, blockchain, for example, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, smart contracts. So there are a lot of, you know, investment in that space as well in terms of, uh, you know, coming up with um, uh, smart contracts, for example, and 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 improving the trust uh, among the supply chain and the wider, you know, ecosystem through that, uh, you know, a robust um, sort of technology as well. We look at we look at. Uh, you know, urbanization we talked about and offsite manufacturing, modern methods of construction, you know, 3D printing, robotics, and all of those things combining, you know, can we, you know, help fast track, you know, that 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 urbanization uh, sort of, uh, you know, meet the demands of urbanizations, you know, the affordable housings and rails and roads and so forth. And then coupled with 3D printing and modern methods of construction, you know, there are a lot of innovations and research and development around the, the technology, the new materials as well. 
in the material science and and in quantum computing and and so forth as well so there are a lot of you know some of these innovation uh, technologies where we are seeing um, a continuous growth in terms of uh, innovation uh, in terms of investment as well um, let's not also forget the circular economy renewable energy you know now the hydrogen power you know and and solar and and and, and so forth um, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, you know R&D and investment going into circularity as well and how businesses can adopt the principles of you know circularity uh, and, and and maybe you know maybe tweak their existing business models um, in terms of supporting that initiative in the industry as well um, all you know working towards you know the carbon reductions and you know improving our our you know sustainability footprint as a sector as a business as well so these are some of the technological you know, innovation that's say, shaping uh, today's conversation, but also, you know, the future of, of, of the built environment. We move on to the next, please. And just uh, zooming into, uh, you know, a few of them, really, and we touched upon safety briefly in, in, in the previous slide. Um, but we know that, you know, during pandemic, you know, we had a lot of um, innovative, uh, uh, you know, initiatives around the world by businesses in terms of continuing their business operations on site in the offices, but at the same time providing that safe environment to to people, right? And and we talked about artificial intelligence, for example, you know, and it was um, you've seen a lot of applications of uh, you know the sensor-based technology attached to workers or machines or equipments or, or spaces, for example and collecting that data and applying artificial intelligence layer on top of it to make informed decisions with respect to safety and, and, and so forth. Virtual inspections, you know, and um, uh, again, you know, it's quite relevant in, in, in today's time where we are still going through that challenging, you know, period and coming out of a pandemic and, and how can we enable, you know, uh, sort of a remote, um, you know, inspections, audits, and we are seeing a lot of, uh, advancements and adoption in that space, you know, through drone technologies, you know, through, um, you know, video technologies, imageries as well, you know, and collecting all the data coming from either drone, you know, and uh, video data or imagery or sensor data, and then, you know, putting that into that, that, that data engine, you know, and applying machine learning, artificial intelligence to identify risks, safety risks, you know, business risks, project risks, and, and so forth. Also, if you look at technology investments, you know, around the world, and you know, one of the widely adopted matrix of, of innovation activities globally is the international you know, sort of you know uh, patent applications. And if you look into 2020, there has been a staggering growth of four percent in international you know patent applications, and leading up to almost 276,000 applications you know filed for international patent in 2020 alone, which is a record number in the history of registering patents, uh, despite having, you know, around estimated, you know, um, reduction in, in global GDP of 3.5%. So you can see that despite the challenging time, the investment in technology, investment of efforts and resources into innovative solutions, you know, continue uh, to grow in that space. Uh, move on to the next, please. So what does that mean to us? You know, what does that mean to you as a business? Uh, if you are driving a business or, you know, part of the business, what does it mean, uh, uh, you know, in terms of global opportunities presented by this, uh, you know, initiative? So if we look at, for example, global level initiatives, there are a lot of organizations working towards, uh, you know, fostering innovation, you know, as a, as a, as a leadership providing and, and culture, and one in particular, if you look at United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and uh, you know many of the businesses in the world, you know, you know, follow these UN SDG goals and work towards towards them. Um, and in particular, number nine uh, goal, which is about fostering innovation in order to build resilient and sustainable infrastructure, and also promoting inclusivity. It's a very very important relevant a goal for today's conversation right and the world, world economic forum is also doing a lot of initiatives around 
uh, you know, fostering um, innovative innovation and uh, you know research in that space as well. For example, you know, look at their if you haven't looked at their Scale 360 program for circular innovation, uh, you know, have a look at that. You know, it's a fantastic program as well. You know, again, um, led at a global level. But if we come down at the you know regional and national level, I mean there are many economies around the world also, you know, leading efforts in terms of fostering innovation culture as well as you know overall framework. And and I've just picked a few of the countries, you know, just to talk about because we have very limited time today. But 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 I'm pretty sure and, and you would know that there are many other economies around the world who are also actively working in that space in terms of promoting innovation culture framework. And, and providing the right environment for businesses to actually foster innovation. And if we look, you know, start from left, for example, and in America and what is happening in recent months with the new administrations and, you know, what they're proposing in terms of the, you know, the heavy investment in infrastructure, they call it American, the American job, Jobs Plan under proposal. Part of that, there is a significant focus on research and innovation with key focus on some of the areas. Um, you look around, you know, the other countries such as United Kingdom, for example, you know, through the UK Research and Innovation Platform, uh, you know, and, and various councils under the UK Research and Innovation Platform, you know, the government is actively, you know, promoting, um, you know, competitions in that innovation space, you know, uh, actively encouraging startups and SMEs to actually work on innovative ideas and providing the right environment, including funding, tax, uh, system uh, as well as regulatory and policy environment. So, so many countries, Switzerland, for example, you look at UAE, for instance, you know, you have that national level innovation strategy in place, for example, and not only strategy, but the government has also provided the right infrastructure as well as, you know, continuously working on improving their business environment for innovation to foster. Look at Singapore, for example, uh, you know, they have you know, well-established research, innovation, and enterprise, you know, five years plan uh, in place, and as well as together with that, you know, that national level leadership, you know, in terms of providing the business environment, the tax systems, and the necessary government, you know, interventions. So, so these are some of the, you know, the examples that I thought, you know, I, I, I just uh, discussed with you today to, to remind ourselves that, you know, yes, there are global level initiatives and opportunities for businesses to be part of, but also, uh, you know, national level leaderships also, you know, working on, on, on this uh, topic a lot as well. Move on to the next, please. And if you come down to businesses level and, uh, and, 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 you know, the large infrastructure projects level, you know, I can't think of any other projects than these two you know, two of the largest infrastructure projects that, you know, we've experienced in the UK, for example, in recent time, um, Crossrail and HS2. And Crossrail is very much into commissioning mode and, you know, and in the trial running mode and should be ready, you know, by next year. Um, and if we look at the Crossrail overall, you know, how they manage the entire innovation culture and fostering you know, innovation throughout the supply chain. They started right from, you know, having, you know, the program level innovation strategy, as well as a, a very granular innovation program called Innovate 18, right? And all the way, you know, through, you know, cascading all the way through to supply chain, you know, the tier ones, tier twos, and encouraging the research institutes and academia to be part of that as well. And one of the lessons learned, you know, highlighted in the blue box text, is, is coming from that, you know, you know, multi-year sort of long-term program uh, was that the firms involved in, in that innovation programs have recognized the value of formal innovation management processes and investing accordingly in order to scale innovation, in order to manage innovation in an effective way, for example. On the right-hand side, what we have is HS2, for example, is the current, you know, the Again, you know, one of the largest infrastructure projects in the in, in the UK and, and perhaps Europe. And and they are, you know, sort of a similar journey in terms of providing that strong client leadership, right from the strategy, innovation strategy, all the way through to introducing, you know, that accelerator program to engage with their SMEs and startups and encouraging them in terms of innovating in the in the latest trends and themes. And they have this aspiration to leave a legacy of innovation, 
And to them, what is critical to them is that they recognize that a common framework and language for managing innovation is, is very important and it could deliver a legacy benefit that businesses of all size and shapes, <coughs> excuse me, could benefit from. So these are, you know, a couple of examples I thought, you know, I, I, I bring to your, to your, to your notice that, you know, this is how, you know, the large infrastructure clients uh, and businesses provide that, you know, required leadership to drive innovation top-down approach, you know, from strategy to detailed program and common language and framework. Go on to the next, please. And our experience working with uh, you know some of the some of the clients around the world, um, you know, uh, we we've learned that obviously you know there are challenges you know with any change program, with any initiatives, and innovation is no different. And when you talk about uh, you know we're not talking here about managing innovation in pockets. What we are talking about is scaling innovation and getting the consistency across the business, across the program, large infrastructure program, for example. And what are some of the key challenges that clients, for example, as asset owners, for instance, face? But also, you know, there are challenges for suppliers that we'll talk about in a minute. So from client's perspective, asset owner's perspective, you know, these are some of the common challenges that we've noticed uh, through our engagement. And, you know, fostering that open innovation culture um, through a formalized innovation program was one of the one of the key challenges that how do we go about getting that consistency across, you know, and cascade it down through all the way through the supply chain, you know, and how can we accelerate the implementation of innovation um, throughout the program and also accelerate the qualification of new suppliers um, with respect to their innovation capability and capacity during procurement. So these are some of the common challenges and my colleague Karim Abdul Karim would, uh, you know, share share some of his insights in terms of how businesses can uh, overcome uh, some of these challenges. Uh, if we look at the next set of challenges, um, you know, with respect to supplier, and what I mean by supplier is that anybody who works on, say, for example, you know, I talked about HS2 as an example, you know, any any manufacturer, any subcontractors, main contractors, design consultants, anybody who works on their program project, you know, is a supplier supplying other services or products. And from their point of view, <clears throat> there are uh, some key challenges as well. Um, the one in particular that stands out to, to us, and I'm sure you you could, um, you know, resonate that as well, well, is, is having that innovation culture and continuously promoting that innovation culture so that there is a continuous stream of, uh, you know, innovative ideas and the resources available and the leadership buying and then you know, so there is that continuous um, promotion of culture is, is one of the key challenges. Also, it's identifying risks with respect to, you know, managing innovations and, and also capturing, you know, the key performance indicators in terms of the value that the innovation adds. So these are some of the key challenges that, you know, the suppliers point of view that they face so that we observed uh, through our engagement um, uh, over the past uh, few years. You move on to the next, please. So, so what are the key ingredients that one might ask? You know, what are the key ingredients then? You know, of uh, successful innovation management, right? And and we all know that people are at the heart of innovation. Right? Without people, without curiosity, as humans, you know, we're not going to you know work on something new, some change. You know, um, so I think having that curiosity, having that ownership of you know, innovation and innovative ideas is, is very, very important. And therefore having the right mindset, right? Uh, curiosity, but it also, you know, through people, it is through people, you continue to foster that, that culture of innovation. So people are at the very heart of, you know, making innovation uh, management uh, at scale and at consistency, you know, successful. Um, then, I think you need you need to have some form of framework, you know, a common language, you know, common policy, you know, the strategy and framework and procedures and protocols for for people to actually, you know, not only come up with ideas but how to process those ideas, you know, sub right the, all the way from submitting the ideas to prioritizing and uh, you know and 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 giving resources and then aligning it with the strategic intent and so forth. So having that leadership level 
you know, sort of drive in terms of the vision, the policy, the strategy and procedures and protocol to support people in terms of processing their ideas in an effective way. And then, um, you know, you need to have a set of tools available as well, uh, whether it's IT infrastructure, whether it's, a, a, you know, software applications, whether it's AI technologies or blockchain technologies or, or data analytics technology, or it could be hardware computer, it could be a robot, it could be innovation lab, you know, all sorts of tools, right? So you need people, you need processes, but you also need, you know, some set of tools to actually, depending on your innovation idea and theme, you know, you need you need those right ingredients to make it a success. Um, and and these, these ingredients are quite applicable at, you know, at any level, to be honest, you know, you can apply these ingredients to a degree at a project level or at a business level or, uh, you know, at national level as well. We know that, you know, it's the people who make innovation happen. So, you know, at, at national level, even as well, regional level, you need to have that plan in place in terms of upskilling, you know, in terms of encouraging people to, to have that mindset, curiosity. On to the next, please. And then last slide and and uh, you know i would like to before i hand over to to my colleague is you know how what the work that we are doing to support businesses in terms of managing innovation and we worked with um, you know the businesses listed on the screen you know particularly with costin you know uh, back in 2019 and started how we can help you know businesses formalize their innovation management if it is you know that important then how can we help and we looked at the international best practice ISO 56002, which my colleague Abdul Karim will, you know, talk a bit more in granularity. And, and we started developing that idea, validating that idea with the, you know, some of the industry thought leaders such as HS2, I3P, Skanska, Polypipe, Gammon, and others. And we developed that idea, that thinking, and the framework around, and we launched a, a scheme, call it BSI, Innovation Management Kite Mark, to actually support businesses in terms of validating their maturity in innovation management. So I hope that was helpful and thank you for listening in and your patience. So I would like to hand over next to my colleague, Charlotte. Charlotte, over to you. Thank you, Raul. Uh, some great insights there from um, global to regional and then to local. So we'd now like to run a poll um, and we would like to ask you to take part. If you want to step out of full screen mode, that might be a little bit easier for you. So our, our question for you is what uh, do you think comes first? Um, and just select one of the three. Is it innovation? Uh, is it technology? Or do you think it is something else entirely? Uh, and uh, we're very curious to see what your thoughts are. But whilst I'm waiting for those results to come in, um, just to remind everybody on today's webinar that we will be sharing a copy of today's recording with you after the session, once you complete our survey at the end. Um, and also there will be some links to some very useful um, further information and, uh, you know, insights as well. So I'd like to see if we could see what the results are now, please, if that could be launched. Okay, so we've got um, about 63%, I think that's right, um, for innovation. So that's our leading answer. Um, thank you for everybody who has taken part. Uh, something else has followed in um, after that. Uh, just over 30% of you have said something else is what comes first. And then finally, technology. So really good insight. Thank you for that. Um, I'm now going to um, ask. Uh, Abdul Karim to join us um, and to uh, make a few comments on those results and then to carry on with today's session. Over to you, Karim. Uh, thank you, Charlotte uh, and Rahul. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a really um, an interesting answers, uh, but uh, in my opinion, uh, both innovation and technology uh, comes together. And uh, I'm saying that because in the next slides, we will talk about the enablers of innovation, which one of them is the uh, technology. But I think it's actually what comes almost first is the, is the idea. So the idea comes first, if the idea is innovative, will lead to a new technology. Still might need an existing technology to implement the, 
this innovative uh, idea. That's why I'm actually saying that um, innovation and technology, they have a complementary relationship. And this is actually will be the aim of our next slides to, to take you to the journey of effective innovation system, which I will start this journey by the uh, innovation enablers that any organization shall taking into consideration when they want to implement and manage uh, innovation system. But first, uh, uh, allow me to align the, uh, the DNA of innovation, which is our subject of today, with the innovation uh, enablers. First enabler that we're going to talk about is the strategic intent. As we all know, the achievement of the vision uh, of the organization is the main objective. That's why the organization developing strategic objectives extracted from this vision to achieve it. Uh, then the organization will start to develop and planning the processes, procedures, uh, KPIs, budget, and resources to achieve this uh, uh, organization uh, vision. So when the organization is planning to implement innovation, the organization needs to integrate the innovation system in the strategic intent by having an innovation vision or strategic innovation objectives. And this is actually will ensure that uh, innovation system have been embedded in uh, your delivery process and uh, procedures. But still, this is not the only uh, uh, aspect or only thing you need uh, to uh, uh, enable the innovation in the organization. But you also need people, as Rahul, my colleague Rahul said, if they are not empowered by competency, budget, and time, uh, as well as technology like ICT tools, the innovation system will be uh, ineffective. And in the right slide, in the right side, we there we have identified some of uh, innovation enablers like innovation vision, strategic innovation objectives, risk and opportunities identification, innovation policies, ownership, incentive schemes, innovation competency development knowledge transfer, and also project governance and procedures, and the innovation techniques or types and innovation throughputs, outputs, KPIs as well. But still the companies may commit all this requirement, but the innovation system might not succeed. And the main reason is, uh, reason is the, the, the culture impact and the needs to be uh, embedded by the top management so if we go if we went to the next slide please if the organization want to have an effective innovation management we need to uh, embed embed uh, some requirements which will foster the innovation culture such as policy as you know the effective communicated policy will send a clear message to the employees about the organization commitment and it's also as a policy obliged to, to be implemented by all employees. But this is not the only tool that helped the organization to change the, uh, their internal culture and the innovation culture. Organization also need to foster the ownership. As innovation is one of the subjects that not responsibility or a rule for one team or to be dedicated to one person, it's the responsibility of all employees in the organization because the idea is always coming from the people who involved in such a process. And they are the expert about what they are doing. That is why submitting ideas direction need to be both ways from up to down and verse first. So the direction of ideas here and to foster the innovation culture, the top management and the senior management level in the organization need to make sure that the direction of ideas is actually coming from up the top management to the the uh, the uh, end or the bottom level in the organization chart and also coming first further as well from down to uh, up another tool actually which is 
helped foster the culture and encourage the employees is the awarding system and the incentive schemes. It's not only about policies to be implemented or to, to, to put as a performance objective to each employee to generate some ideas, but the company and organization need actually to develop some awarding systems and the incentive system to encourage the employees to generate and submitting uh, ideas. But still, when you implement all of this, still maybe some challenges uh, will face the organization in order to implement effective innovation uh, system. So, for example, innovation competency. Innovation competency is a, as, is a challenge because the organization might have agreed a, a great or agreed uh, a technical competent people but they are not able to generate ideas and don't know the difference between the ideas and the, the, the suggestions. Uh, that's why training uh, is actually one of the culture fostering as well. Another practice that impact the innovation culture and really do the motivate uh, people to generate ideas is the way that the declined ideas communicated to the employees. So sometimes the employee is encouraged to submit ideas, but he's always receiving a declined message that his ideas has not been acceptable. And without giving any reason why these ideas actually have been uh, uh, accepted. And this is will, get, will demotivate the uh, employees to generate ideas and will lead to uh, ineffective innovation uh, management system. That's why, or, or, or here it comes, the important importance of the standards and and our innovation kite mark uh, solution. But before I'm digging deeply in 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 BSI innovation kite mark solution, I need first to explain the ISO 56002 requirement. So you can see on the please uh, in the next uh, slide, please. So you can see in, on on the screen the high-level structure or HLS, which is used by the, um, the standardization bodies and ISO organization in order to uh, develop, write, and improve the standards in general. But when it comes to ISO 56002, it's based on the high-level structure we are. Uh, shown now in, in the screen or demonstrated now on the screen. The, the seven main clauses uh, that help the organization to understand the relationship between the enablers and ISO 56002 guidelines, starting from the context of organization. So the context of organization uh, clause is asking the implementers or the organization to start look at the internal external factors the strategic objectives the vision the mission to make sure that the standard they want to implement will be integrated in the their delivery processes and procedures also is asking for the internal external stakeholders uh, needs and 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 uh, expectation and this is actually giving um, um, uh, an opportunity to improve the collaboration system in the organization by engaging whoever involved in the delivery uh, uh, process and the procedures of the organization itself. And that's actually one of the enablers that we have identified and we have already explained in the previous uh, slides by me and by my colleague. Uh, uh, Rahul. Then comes the next uh, clause, which is talking about the leadership. And this clause actually to identify and develop the required policies and management commitment, also assign the rules and responsibilities to improve the governance system within the uh, uh, organization. And then comes the planning clause, which is uh, have been uh, uh, relating to identify the operational objectives and risks related, which is, might have an impact on achieving these objectives to improve the agility of your process and procedures. 
and then close seven and this is one of the important closes talking about the support which identified the required resources uh, competences and culture embedding requirements which we have already mentioned before that the culture embedding it's one of the main enabler to the innovation when it comes to implementing innovation in any organization then comes the operation part start to develop and control your internal procedures start to develop some ideas deployment procedures and then at the last two closes it's talking about the performance evaluation and the continual improvement to identify the right kpis and actually to identify the kpis this is very important close to measure the value of uh, innovation that you implement and act accordingly to the achieved results by putting some actions and some corrective actions uh, in place this is in general our overlooking about the requirements of iso uh, 56002 and how it's aligned with the high level structure which is covering the innovation enablers that we have mentioned in the previous slides at the next slide, uh, please, in this eye, we have used ISO 56002 guideline to develop our innovation kite mark solution by defining eight key aspects to innovation. And the reason that we have identified these aspects, because those aspects actually could be measured by the organization. For example, the strategic intent, the vision and the commitment the organization can measure their strategic objectives they can measure their vision and if actually they they have already achieved their vision are they are near to their vision or not also innovation governance which is related to the policy checking if the policy is actually effectively communicated is the rules and responsibilities have been already defined effectively and have been already communicated effectively to the employees the planning part when it comes to uh, the uh, objectives, operational objectives related to innovation and identifying the risks and opportunities which is, have positive or negative impact. Also, the innovation culture aspect, which is related to fostering the innovation because the company or the organization might implement everything, but if the innovation culture it is not embedded within the organization, it will lead to ineffective uh, innovation system implement system in the organization also the aspect related to resources starting from human resources the time the budget and so on and also the innovation types and techniques that the organization are using is it open innovation it is is it closed innovation and we are going to talk about open and closed innovation later during this session but also one of the most important aspects uh, to measure the value of innovation that we have identified from the ISO 56002 is the key performance uh, indicators. Uh, key performance indicators, why it's very important? Because the key performance indicators is actually help the organization to measure the value of innovation and, and to, to, to know if actually it's really effective system in place there is really add value coming from implementing innovation system or no there is actually some corrective actions may be required to improve the system that implemented by the organization in the next slide we have just defined overlocking requirements related to each aspect but not all requirements for each aspect so as i mentioned in the strategic intent we look at the vision and commitment internal external factors interested parties engagement uh, and in the in, in, in the innovation governance we look at kind of requirements related to innovation policy the functions and responsibilities collaboration policies ip policies and then in planning we aspect we look at the innovation objectives innovation risks and opportunities in culture for example we look how it's embedded are the organization actually measuring their culture are the assessing their culture to make sure it's well implemented the reward mechanism the incentive schemes that the organization have and then comes the resource aspect that we are looking for when 
we assessing the innovation kites mark if there enough budget have been already put in place to 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 implement the generated ideas if there are tools uh, ICT tools or technologies that this, the team can use it or the employees can use it also if there are enough time for the employees to implement the documented procedures related to deploying the ideas generated from employees and also the innovation techniques used by the organization and the last aspect as i said we look at the input kpis throughput kpis and output kpis and this is actually the most important aspect if we go to the next slide please so the most important aspect in innovation kite smart solution is measuring the value of innovation which is a very important uh, for the organization to check if your system is effective or not. The companies need to develop like a formula of um, inputs, through, throughputs, and outputs, KPIs, to be able to measure the value of innovation. And uh, let me give an example. So if my input KPI as an organization is to check the number of ideas submitted by the employees, and let's say I have 200 uh, employees and I found the result that only 50 ideas have been submitted. This is will lead to output KPI, which is how many ideas were a valuable idea to implement. It might be three or four ideas from the 50 ideas submitted. So four ideas as an output KPI might be found uh, 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 not enough or not the acceptable number from generating 50 ideas only four ideas could be implemented or it's valuable to be implemented and here this is might lead to another throughput kpi which is the employees competency level it might be the ideas is not uh, uh, valuable because the level of competency in generating ideas in general in the employees it's actually need to be enhanced so you can see from this example that when you have the correct formula of KPIs, this is will lead to the uh, right direction of uh, uh, continual improvement and uh, uh, an effective innovation uh, system. So just because this is my last uh, uh, slide, let me uh, 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 yeah, give a conclusion to uh, what I have explained, that for any innovation management program, the key is to be able to measure the results and value. That's why PSI KiteSmart um, is a solution for organization uh, looking to realize true value uh, from their innovation management system. Because it's not only looking at your compliance to the requirements of ISO 56002, but it's actually verifying the innovation value outcomes. And if it's aligning with uh, your strategic intent, uh, your vision, and also if there any positive trend, if there a new smart and agile delivery process, if there new customer experience journey. So it's not only about to comply with some standard or guideline requirements, but also the most important thing is to define and identify the your innovation enablers within your organization and scope of work and then align it with the requirements of the guideline start to implement start to assess and embedding your innovation culture in order to make sure that the innovation system will be uh, implemented effectively and then put some formula kpis inputs throughputs outputs kpis to measure the value coming from the innovation system that you have uh, implemented Again, uh, thank you all for, for, for attending uh, our webinar. And uh, now I hand it over to uh, Charlotte. Over to you, Charlotte. Thank you, Karim. Some real insight there on uh, the detail um, and the clauses and the relevance of ISO 56002 and, of course, the kite mark for innovation management. Thank you very much for sharing that. So I'm now going to very briefly uh, walk you through some solutions that we think 
may be of interest either to you um, or to uh, people who are setting strategy in your organization or if you're doing um, you know good research and just trying to understand what is out there um, and how we can um, potentially help you so on the screen you can see two reports um, the one on the left hand side is unique to BSI it is our organizational resilience index report we publish this every year um, but this year we uh, interviewed over 500 different um, individuals from different organizations including some from the built environment um, and it makes for a really interesting read in terms of how organizations feel that they are resilient and what role innovation as one of the key strategic drivers plays in that on the right hand side um, we have the horizon scan report which we sponsor every year and again observations on 2020 um, and the different risks that organizations are facing um, obviously into 2021 and beyond I won't say too much more than that because i have a question for raul um, which is connected to both of these but look out for the links and our benchmarking tool on organizational resilience which could be very useful for your organization if we go on to other solutions obviously innovation is such a huge topic um, and some of the solutions which are available um, are showing on the screen for you but there are many more um, including off-site construction uh, we also help manufacturers with Internet of Things. So many, many different solutions. Um, one I did want to bring, bring your attention to is PAS440, um, which is uh, looks at responsible innovation. So that could be a very useful place to start. Of course, there's the ISO 56000 series, including 56002, um, which uh, Karim has uh, gone into detail with around in connection with KiteMark and of course if we're thinking specifically about digital technology then again there are many standards and training and certification solutions that can help you um, whether it's BIM building information modeling or um, smart cities or even um, thinking about the information and cyber security and data um, that all gets uh, is combined into those those services so uh, I'm now going to um, pass on to our Q&A session. Uh, we did have a few questions submitted in advance and thank you to everybody who, who sent those in. Um, so I'd like to ask the first one um, to Raul, which is uh, about innovation and why is um, innovation, uh, organizational resilience and horizon scanning, um, why are those all so uniquely connected? Over to you, Raul. Thanks, Charlotte. Great question. Really great question. And very thoughtful. Um, you see, it's in, in terms of, in my opinion, you know, in terms of uh, horizon scanning and innovation are, are are key enablers, or how should I say, you know, the key factors in terms of not only maintaining your current level of resilience as a business, but also increasing resilience, you know. And um, you know, if you if if businesses you know operate on the basis of you know the past success and hope that the future success will will follow based on that then i think they're building in uh, failure you know in their operating system um so horizon scanning from that angle is is very very important in terms of you know not only scanning the market and 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 looking ahead and what's around the corner you know, it's not about predicting the future it's more about you know capturing the insight from from the market globally you know from from the sector and uh, and uh, feeding that information into prioritizing business strategy you know feeding that information into prioritizing you know Kareem talked about innovation strategic intent themes you know um, so having that data from horizon scanning is the most important uh, uh, tool in order to prioritize innovation themes you know, strategic intents and so forth. And therefore, you know, working towards increasing business resilience and, 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 and continue to do so. So I think they are, you know, resilience, horizon scanning and innovation are, you know, tightly linked with each other. And as I said, horizon scanning and innovation are key enablers in terms of, you know, maintaining your course, you know, on, on resilience and increasing resilience uh, uh, of your business. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Raoul. And now I have a, a question for Karim, which is um, asking what is the difference between agility um, and resilience? So Karim, over to you. Uh, thank you, Charles, for the question. It's really a good question. There is actually there is no difference between agility and resilience. So the agility and um, and uh, innovation are, are are tools that helping the organization to improve uh, their resilience. Uh, as we all know, the resilience is how the organization is uh, prepared to face any future changes. But when this change is happening, then the agility rule will come. You know, it will be required to to uh, to deal with it on a daily basis. So you will be faster uh, and on on acting to these changes and uh, uh, and the decisions making processes. So all this happen also by some innovative thinking. So we can say that it, there is no difference between agility and uh, the resilience, but the agility is actually improving. The resilience system, and we 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 can now liberate this with uh, the COVID-19 situation and what happened what happened in, happened in the organizations in general. All organizations was ready, have some business continuity in place, have some resilience system in place. But when it comes to the day-to-day -day work, the agility here was required that to change and improve your delivery process and procedures in order to deliver your service and the products in a different way, such as um, what we've done in, in, in PSI by delivering uh, remote uh, audits and uh, remote training courses as well. Thank you, Charles. Absolutely, and I'm just thinking about uh, a, a client of PSI um, who adopted uh, what they called a tiger team approach. Um, and it was basically during pro COVID where projects um, were able to raise challenges in a central portal. So they worked to tackle challenges um, and teams were made up of colleagues with the right skills for the task. And uh, this is uh, client Skanska. Um, and the result was that uh, they improved productivity on projects to match pre-COVID levels, um, despite having to obviously look after and keep uh, COVID safe me measures in place. So a, an example there, and no doubt many people on the call uh, will have their own uh, scenario of having to respond um, with agility in that, in that situation. Um, so another question which goes back to culture, and I know you, you covered uh, that in some detail, um, Karim, but this is around collaboration. And the question is, to what extent can collaboration contribute to um, innovation? So what would your thoughts be on, on that question? Thank you, Charles. Actually, the collaboration is actually one of the main innovation requirements, because um, as, as I have mentioned before, uh, that the people is actually one of the most important in Italy. And the, uh, uh, either the companies are implementing open innovation type or closed innovation type without their stakeholders engagement such as employees internally or some external interested parties this is actually will not be able to implement an innovation system effectively that's why any organization need to improve and implement uh, innovation uh, management system they need to have uh, um, an effective collaboration uh, thinking approach and uh, also manage to engage their stakeholders, even internally or externally. Absolutely, absolutely. Without collaboration, it's very difficult um, to uh, to innovate successfully. And uh, again, another sort of people people related question. Um, how to share innovation with the implementers and by implementers um, this we mean the people on the ground who don't have the spirit and energy of um, of the innovators so those people who are actually doing the delivery how do we keep them involved and and get that innovative spirit um, amongst uh, those individuals great it's actually all about about the um, uh, innovation culture so the organization uh, first need to assess their innovation uh, culture embedding practices, look at the gaps 
that have been defined from the uh, implemented uh, innovation uh, practices, and then they need to act towards this. Um, as I have mentioned before, there is a lot of uh, um, tools which has helped the organization to embedding the culture within the organization, like giving more time to the employees uh, uh, to implement the ideas, engage actually the employees, encourage them by have some incentive schemes, uh, engage them even in the in the, the decision making process. Because sometimes when the organizations just uh, you know develop decisions or or communicate decisions to the employees and the stakeholders without engaging them, they are they are going to face some challenges from uh, from those uh, uh, stakeholders. So it's very important to engage your employees and the organization in the all decision making process and also uh, do some innovation culture practice that will fostering and and encourage the employees to embedding the uh, uh, innovation system uh, in the organization. Absolutely. So bring them, bring them with you on the journey. <laughs> yeah. um, so wonderful. Thank you. And uh, this now brings me to the end of today's session. Uh, so I would like to thank both Raoul and Karim for your, your brilliant insight and observations. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your thoughts. And also, of course, thank you very much to our audience for joining us today. Um, do complete our survey at the end of the session to receive uh, the links and a copy of today's recording. And we very much hope that you will be able to join us again very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you.